Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, only speak a word. You might not really understand where I'm going with this right now, but you will understand in a moment. If you would stand to your feet and turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew and as you're turning to the book of Matthew, we just want to uh, j- just remind you that as summertime's coming up, we want to thank you for, uh, you know, you go on vacation, enjoy vacation, take time off with your family, take time to recharge your batteries, but always keep in mind, never take a vacation from God. Amen. You need to make sure that you are constantly on a daily basis. You, you might go to revive and restore your, your, your body, but you have to make sure that you're consistently restoring your soul and that you're staying in contact with God and that you're taking time to be in the presence of God as well. If you turn to your, your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 8, there is a story that is in this the Word that is such a powerful, poignant word about the love of God and the power and the authority of God. And if you would have the ability to find a way to release this word over your family, over your, your marriage, over your finances, you're going to find God beginning to transform some things in your life. You know, not, not every situation turns out the way we want it to. Amen? Uh, we were praying for Sean's mom, believing for healing, believing for God to raise her up. And how many of you know sometimes you pray for people that don't get healed and what the opposite happens of what you were hoping for, amen? Uh, But I need you to understand, and what what people use as a cop-out in those situations is that we say this, well, let God's will be done. Let God's will be done. While we pray, we're praying for healing, but let God's will be done. Let, Let me let you know, God's will is always healing, God's will is always healing. Now, things might not always work out the way we expected them to, but we don't change the word of God to match our experiences. We change our experiences to match the word of God. Some of you aren't catching this right now because we've had more unbiblical experiences than biblical experiences. And so to make ourselves feel more comfortable with our unbiblical experiences, we begin to explain it away. Oh, well, God wanted a flower in his garden in heaven, so he picked this one and placed it in his garden. God has no garden in heaven. God ain't planting a garden in heaven and needed your loved one there to plant up there. Well, God just loved them so much that he wanted them to be with him, so he pulled them out. And I want them here with me. You know what I'm saying? Now, now you're, you're looking at me, and some of you are tripping on this right now because you're, you're, you're looking, well, how, how does this work out then? Jesus, Bill Johnson said this, Jesus is perfect theology. Theology is our thought of God, our study of God. Jesus is perfect theology. Which means that if you take a look at Jesus, you find what God's idea is towards everything. So so if you want to find out what God's idea is towards hunger, he fed the hungry. 
You want to find out what God's idea is towards sickness, he healed the sick. That you don't find one person that Jesus prayed for that didn't get healed. Do you also understand that the word says that he commands us to go and heal the sick, not pray for the sick? Heal the sick, raise the dead. That's a pretty big mandate because I prayed for some people that didn't get healed. In fact, some people got worse after I prayed for them. I'm just being honest with you. And it got to a point there where people were calling me for prayer. I'm like, I don't know if you want me to go. Right now I'm in a slump and it seems like everyone I'm praying for is getting worse. But I don't change what the word says to match my experience. I have, to, I, I have to call upon the presence of God. I have to invite the Holy Spirit. I have to ask God to show up until now all of a sudden that, that we start seeing more people being raised, more people being healed, more people being delivered than those that aren't. And so what I'm telling you this, every person Jesus prayed for got healed. Every person, every funeral Jesus went to, he healed and raised up the dead person, even his own. Matthew 8. And so what we have to do is shift the environment here. We, we are building here at CWC a greenhouse. And a greenhouse gives you an opportunity to start growing things that you can't grow outside the greenhouse. We are, with the word of God, through instruction, in construction, we are building a greenhouse right now. And through the word of God, we are allowing you the opportunity to start growing things you couldn't grow otherwise. That when you get here, you start feeling those things growing. You start feeling those things sprouting. And so we're giving you a head start so that when you get back into the community, you can start producing the fruit that you couldn't grow outside of this place. And we're going to get to a place where this environment is going to be people walking in and they're going to get healed the moment they walk on the campus. That they're going to walk, you're going to walk into a hospital room and the environment that you're carrying is going to bring about deliverance and, and healing to those around you. You're going to walk into a restaurant. Oh, come on, somebody. You're going to walk into a restaurant and there's going to be such an anointing upon you that you're going to be able to tell that there's someone that's battling cancer in that room or someone battling an addiction. And because you're there, they're going to feel a freedom because you're the spirit you're carrying is greater than the than the covering that is in that place every one of you is in an atmosphere you are an environment wherever you go you, do you understand that you'll understand this have you ever walked you know have that certain friend that whenever they come around you start feeling depressed Or that one person that's so negative, it's like, oh, shoot. So you got memorial barbecues going on tomorrow, and you got some of them folks that are going to be coming over. And as soon as, everything could be great, but the moment they show up, it's just like a cloud shows up. Because people carry atmospheres. People care. You are an environment. You have to become the predominant environment wherever you go. Don't allow their environment to overtake your environment. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. I'm talking and rambling so much before I even get to the scripture. Matthew 8, chapter, 
Matthew chapter 8, starting with verse 5, it says, Now when Jesus entered Capernaum, where did he enter into? It's a town that he enters into. And a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed. Everyone say paralyzed. paralyzed. Dreadfully tormented. So he's not just paralyzed, he's about to die. We don't know how long he's been in this paralytic condition, but we know that this paralytic condition has now brought him to the point of death. And now the centurion soldier has to act on it. In verse 7, and Jesus said to him, aren't you glad that in the midst of your trouble, God's still speaking? Amen. Say it again, Pastor. I am so glad that in the midst of my crisis, God is still speaking over me. Amen. And he says this. He says, I will come and I will heal him. I will come and I will heal him. God is always willing to move and go on your behalf. Father, help in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. I want you to notice something very quickly, and I'm going to do my best to talk fast and get, get this all out. Amen. I want you to notice something about the centurion. Like, like Kevin Warren said a couple weeks ago, in those days there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter, there was no Instagram. You couldn't post a picture and say, Jesus is on his way to Capernaum. There was no GPS to figure out how close Jesus was about to get there. There was no one saying, hey, Jesus just left here. No telegram, no telephone. There was no one able to send a messenger ahead and say, Jesus is on this way to this city. But we find out that when this centurion soldier gets there, that Jesus, or when Jesus gets to Capernaum, there's a soldier already waiting for him. He's already there waiting on Jesus. He's already in position waiting for Christ to show up. I need you to understand that when we're in need, we have to understand and get to a point that we place ourselves in the right position, that we're waiting on God, that we're waiting for God to show up, that we come to that place, that we know that God is on his way. And when he shows up, we're going to be there. I want to encourage you today that God, as you're waiting on him, that God at many times, it's not us waiting on him, it's him waiting on us. Waiting for you to be in that place. And he gets there and he tells him, my servant, everyone say servant. My servant is ill and on the verge of death. He's, he's about to die. And the soldier had heard about Jesus. We don't know where he had heard about him, but people had been talking. They had been sharing their testimonies. They had been talking about, yeah, Jesus healed that blind man outside of Jericho. Jesus raised uh, Jairus' daughter from the dead. Jesus turned water into wine. And before you knew it, the buzz started growing in that area, word of mouth about what Jesus had done. And when the servant got ill, when the servant ended up paralyzed, one of the servants had to have communicated there's this man by the name of Jesus there's this man by the name of Jesus that's doing great things I want you to know it is important that you testify it's important that you talk about the things that God has done for you it's important that you declare the goodness of God why because while you're at work and by the water cooler man I was my, my friend was sick but then we prayed for him and God raised him up I, this, this individual was battling financial trouble we prayed and God blessed them and God gave them a job, gave them a career, got them on the right track. This guy was addicted and God broke the addiction and now they're set free. It is vital that you talk about what God is doing. Why? Because there are people that are over, overhearing the words that you're speaking. 
They're hearing your testimony. How do I know that God can set me free from addiction until I hear a testimony about Daniel and how God set him free or how God set Sean free? When I hear these testimonies, it gives me hope in my condition that God can do the same for me. You got to testify, even if no one's listening. Have you ever noticed that the, the hard, most hardest core biker tats up and down his neck with the gun in it right next to it, right next to the gas tank, carrying knives and, and a cuss word, every other word. The moment his mom gets sick or his kid gets sick, he'll run to church. They'll run to Jesus. Hey Amen. You would find, you know, maybe uh, say say a little prayer for me or something like that. You know, you lift a little something up for me because, uh, you know, God won't hear me, but maybe He'll hear you. And they know where to go because they've heard of Jesus. No matter what, they they know where to run in times of trouble. And, and a Roman soldier asking a Jew for something was abnormal. It didn't normally happen. You normally didn't find a, a, a Roman soldier, a Roman asking a person for anything that just didn't take place because the Romans were in charge of these guys. Now, let me talk to you about what a centurion was all about to begin with so you know the credentials of this man. A centurion led over 100 soldiers, and he was part of a group called a legion. And a legion had over 6,000 uh, 6,000 soldiers as part of the legion, which means if I'm a centurion, I have 60 other centurions that are at my same level. And so this man operated under authority, and he also operated in authority. And you could not become a, a centurion unless you had a certain amount of battles that you had fought and that you had won. You did not get automatically be given this title without you have gone into battle. And it was around 80-something battles, unless you had been in 80-plus battles, led these campaigns, did well in these things, unless you had integrity and you were good with handling your money and all these things. Why? Because they wanted to make sure that the people that were centurions leading men had the ability not only to follow but to lead. They had to prove themselves. And so this is the kind of guy that we're dealing with here. And he comes and he says, he, he says, God, my, my, my uh, servant is paralyzed. Now, I, I want you to, it may not have been right or normal for a Roman centurion to speak to a Jew and ask for help. But you can't expect a miracle by doing the same thing. You can't do the normal and expect a miracle. Say it again, Pastor. You cannot do the normal and expect a miracle. You can't heal your marriage by doing the same things you've always done. It's that same thing you've always done that got the marriage in the condition it's in right now. Right? The fact that you don't pay attention to her, the fact that you just stay home all the time, the fact that you don't bring her flowers, the fact that you don't talk, that's what got the marriage in the situation to begin with. You can't get a miracle unless you do something different. And so this is what the centurion is dealing with. And he finds this individual, he, he comes to Jesus and says, my, my, my servant is paralyzed. Everyone say paralyzed. paralyzed. I want you to notice something about this word, this word par paralyzed. It's a condition where the body doesn't respond to the head. That there's a disconnect, the head, that there's a disconnect between the head and the body. In other words, the muscles are fine. The head is fine. 
But somewhere in the nerve endings, the nerves of the brain are not receiving, the body's not receiving the, the messages that the nerves from the head are sending. And so whenever there's a disconnect, the body doesn't work right. And how many times have we seen a family falling apart and many times a father's trying to get the kids in order, but there's no, the, the kids aren't responding to the father because the father's the head of the house and the kids are, are the extension of the body, but there's a disconnect between dad and the kids. So we end up with a paralyzed family. That there's, no, there's no connection with paralyzed marriage because the husband, the head, and the wife as well. But what ends up happening, there's no connection between the two, so the marriage can't function. They look good. They look like everything's fine. They come to church. They shake hands. They smile. But when they walk out of this place, they might as well be in a wheelchair because there's no ability to move. They're paralyzed. And you wonder how a kid is going to respond to what mom and dad are saying to get their lives right when the kids are looking at dad, seeing that dad's disconnected from the head. We want our kids to live right, to do right, but dad's disconnected from the head, which is Christ. And so dad's paralyzed. And so dad can't lead the family because he's paralyzed. Fathers, if we're going to lead, we have to be connected to the head. If we're going to lead, we can't operate in a paralytic state. So I want you to notice something. Even today, that there is no remedy for paralysis. There's no, there's no, if someone's paralyzed, there's, there's, we haven't come up with a medical, you can't take this pill when you're paralyzed and all of a sudden be fine. You notice that? And so what he does is that he's smart enough to go to the manufacturer. Now, Listen, we're talking about a centurion. If the centurion had a problem with the men in the army, he would have went to his legionnaire, his commanding officer, so he could deal with the men. If he had a problem in the civil government, he would have went and appealed to Caesar because Caesar's in charge of the government. But because there was a problem in the body of a servant of his, he knew that Caesar couldn't do anything about it, that his legionnaire couldn't do anything about it. There's only one person that has the authority to deal with the body, and that was Jesus. Listen to me. If you are dealing with the problem today, you got to be sure that you go to the manufacturer. And many of us are going to the wrong manufacturer. You have a problem in your marriage and you're going to a bottle. You're having a problem in your family and you're going to a plant. You have a problem in your marriage or in you're struggling in your things and you go looking for a man or a woman. And I need you to understand that if there is a problem in your life, you got to get back to the manufacturer. have a Mercedes, you're not going to take your Mercedes for servicing at Hyundai. Might be cheaper, but they're not going to have the right parts. Come on. You might be able to find a cheaper place, but they're, they're not going to have the right parts to take care of that thing the right way. Many That's why we got some Frankensteins going on here spiritually. 
Because you know what you've done? You've taken a little karma as part of your life, a little of Buddhism as part of your life, a little of Catholicism as part of your life, a little of God as part of your life, a little of, of, of uh, you know, this wisdom from this book, a wisdom from that book. You cannot take God and, and try to fit him together with all these other things. It's either God or nothing. We're made up of so many different parts. When something breaks down, you got to go to the manufacturer. And, and the, the centurion's response is so telling that when he responds to Jesus, I want you to notice what he says in verse 8. If you're there, say amen. He said, if you're there, say amen. amen. All right. He says this. The centurion answered, the, answered and said, Lord. And this is amazing. He calls Jesus Lord. Lord, Lord is a recognition that he is submissive. To him. Only other person you would respond to as Lord in those days was Caesar. Because they were considered divinity. He speaks to him, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Somebody catch this right now because I'm going somewhere. Everyone say, only speak a word. Only speak a word. One more time, only speak a word. To speak means to say, to affirm, proclaim, to order or command. And what he's saying is simply this, Jesus, only speak a word. Notice his trust that he's putting in God. He's not saying, God, heal my servant. God, speak to my servant so that he can get a new chariot, that he can get new finances, so he can have a wife, so that you can raise him up and so that he can walk. He simply says this, God, I trust you enough that you know what my servant needs. Speak. A word over him. Speak a word. In other words, God, you know what I need. So many times when we pray, we confuse God. And you wonder why God doesn't answer your prayer. Because the very prayer that we are offering up contradicts itself. God saved my children. Lord, save them. Do whatever it takes to save them. But God, protect them, bless them, be with them, watch over them. Now, if you're a parent in here, I know you prayed that prayer. That's why you're laughing. We want our kids to come to know the Lord. We want them to get back, but we don't want anything bad to happen in the process of them coming. Just, just protect them, be with them. Well, if they're going to be protected, blessed, and God's going to watch over them, they're never going to find themselves in a need where they need God. That's a dangerous prayer to pray. In fact, the Apostle Paul, we're lucky the Apostle Paul's not a pastor today. His church would be empty. You know what he said? He gave advice to the church in Corinth in dealing with the man that was, that was in sin and dealing, he was sleeping with his, his mother-in-law. I mean, his uh, stepmother. He was sleeping with the stepmother, didn't want to get it right. You know what Paul told the church? He says this, hand him over to Satan. That's a prayer. Wow. <laughs> Pastor, I'm, dealing, I'm having struggles with my husband. Hand him over to Satan. <laughs> Boy, don't want to get it right. Hand him over to Satan. 
Now come into my office, and next time you're dealing with an issue in, in your marriage or your, your kids, and they don't want... I'm talking rebellion here. Those people that just don't want to get it right. They refuse to listen to counsel. They refuse to get things right in their life. Paul is saying, hand them over to Satan. In other words, you know what? I'm not even placing them in the hands of God. I'm placing them in the hands of the enemy. And then Paul says this, so that the body may be destroyed... but that the soul may be saved. But as parents, we love our kids too much. But sometimes we have to value the soul more than we do the body. And when Paul writes to them later on, he finds out that that individual that they handed over to Satan has now rededicated his life to the Lord. And everything's fine. The centurion understands that Jesus had the authority over his sickness like Caesar had authority over him. Prayer, when he asked Jesus, Jesus, heal my servant. I'm going, so I'm going to close in a moment, so stay with me. When he asked the servant, Jesus to heal his servant, he was, there was an invitation to intervention. Do you understand that prayer invites God into your situation? That when you pray, you invite God into your situation so he can intervene on your behalf? Do you know that when God created man and formed him out of the dust of the ground, then blew his breath into him, that God gave man dominion over the earth? That God gave you dominion. He gave you the authority. And the authority God gave you, God himself will not supersede that. Because God values authority so greatly that because we have authority, God knows that you're the one in charge of your garden. That you're in charge of your home. And God won't step into your situation unless he's invited. And what prayer does is prayer invites God to be a part of your situation. So when I pray, I don't just pray, God, would you do this or do that? My prayer literally opens the heavens and allows God to step in and then God to intervene in my marriage, in my children, in my family, in my finances, in my addiction, in my mind. It gives God the opportunity to move. So if you're not praying, you're doing this on your own. Prayer invites God to partner with you. Let, let me take you somewhere as we, we bring this to a close. Vivi, if you would help me out. N- notice what he does. He tells Jesus to only speak a word. Say this with me. Only speak a word. He tells him only speak a word. A Roman centurion soldier is telling the word to speak a word. He's telling the word to speak a word. He's telling the, the word to speak a word. What what am I talking about? Jesus is the word. The Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is the word. 
Jesus, now, what's a word? I, I, I need you to understand this, that a word, when we talk about a word, Miles Monroe says there's nothing more powerful than a word or an idea, a thought or an idea. And so when we speak of a word, a word is a thought or an idea. It's an expression. And there's nothing more powerful than a thought or expression. The chair you're sitting in, in right now is a result of a thought or an idea that someone had. The clothes you're wearing is the result of the thoughts or ideas that someone had. Before you got in the car and drove the car that you're driving right now, someone had a thought or idea of how that thing was going to run. And as a result, everything you see is a result of a thought or idea someone had. And so when we talk about a thought or idea, Jesus is the word. The thought or idea, word or expression, Jesus is the embodiment. Jesus is the wholeness. Jesus is the foundation. Jesus is the embodiment of the thoughts of God. So if you want to know what God is thinking, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God thinks about a subject, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God is thinking about any avenue, think of Jesus. How did Jesus respond to everything? Let me ask you this. When, how did Jesus respond to blindness? Gave him sight. What did Jesus respond to people that were lame? Gave him the ability to walk. What did he do to those that were dead? He raised them up. Everything Jesus did is the embodiment of what God thinks about that situation. So you have a right if Jesus lives in you. Oh, come on, somebody. You have a right if Jesus lives in you to have the thoughts of God be expressed towards you. That in my finances, when I'm struggling, that you have the right to have things multiplied before you. That in the midst of the blindness, God give you vision. That in the midst of your deafness where you can't hear, that God gives you the ability to hear. That when I can't move, when I'm paralyzed and I can't stand up, that God will give me the strength to stand and reconnect those things that have been disconnected. Jesus is the word. And if we disobey the word, we're literally disobeying Jesus. And when we disobey, disobedience eliminates authority and credibility. Do you understand that? The reason we have no power is because of the fact that we keep disobeying the word. I need you to understand that sickness doesn't respond to noise. It responds to authority. And that's why Jesus was able to stand there and said, you know, he hears this centurion standing in front of him saying, listen, you don't, you don't even need to come to my house. The Bible says that Jesus marveled at this. Literally his, that's the kind of, that, you know, if, if we were to write the Greek word down in today's lingo, it would be like, it just blew Jesus away. And there's only two times that the Son of God was marveled. The Bible only shows two times in the Bible where Jesus was caught off guard or shocked. And that was this occasion here where he marveled at a Roman centurion's faith. And when he marveled at the disbelief 
of the Jewish people. Both of them had to do with faith. One because of people's disbelief and the other is because of people's belief. I want you to know, what are you doing? Are you causing God to marvel because you don't believe? Are you causing God to scratch his head and say, wow, because of your faith that you have in him? The word says, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way as you have believed. As you have believed. What we receive is based off what we believe. What you have right now is based on what you believe you have the right to. Based on what you've asked God for. Because otherwise you wouldn't put up with a subpar marriage. When you know that God promised you a whole one. You wouldn't settle for a family and disconnect when you know that God promised you a whole family. You wouldn't settle for for the struggle in your mind if you knew God promised you peace of mind. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. You need to understand this morning that we receive based on what we believe. And I want to encourage you this morning as I close that you would understand that God wants to speak a word over you. He wants to speak a word over you right now. That word right now might be life. You just need a word. He didn't say speak a sentence. He said a word. Just speak one word. God, I just need one word from you to keep going. I just need one word from you in order to find healing. One word to heal my marriage. One word to deliver my body. One word to raise my servant. One word. Just a word, God. Just give me a word to hold on to. And I don't know about you. In the dark seasons of your life. and the trouble that you've gone through. I know in my life there's been that one word. It's just been a word that has held me. That I've grabbed on to. And it's kept me going. It's been a word that I've grabbed on to. That he's faithful. That in the midst of my struggle. He's faithful. In the midst of my pain. He's faithful. And I hold on. That he's faithful. That he's faithful just a word. I don't know what your word is today. For some of you, it's restoration. You need restoration. God, speak restoration. Speak restoration right now, God. Just a word. Speak restoration. For others of you, it's blessing. God, speak blessing right now. Just a word. Speak blessing. For others of you, it's freedom. God, speak freedom to my life right now. Speak freedom over my marriage. Speak freedom over my addiction. Speak one word. Just a word. Just a word. Just a word. Just a word. God loves you so much. The centurion understood this simple point. God knows what I need. God's not going to hear me by my vain repetitions. God, just speak a word. Bow your heads with me this morning. You're here right now. And you need a word spoken over you. You're here now and you're struggling. There's something that you've been battling with, some battles that you're going through right now. You need a word that is spoken over you. You need the word spoken, a word from the word. You've heard a lot of words from people around you, but you need a word from God right now. You need a word from God to keep you going, a word to set you free. 
Right where you are, you're here and you need a word. Just stand to your feet. Pastor, I just need a word from God right now. I, I need a word. I just need God to speak a word over my body, over my mind, over my finances, over my marriage. Whatever it is right now, that word might be freedom. That word might be liberty. Right where you are, just stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 Yes, God bless you. That, that word might be miracle. That word might be freedom. That word might be breakthrough. Right where you are right now. Just a word, just a word, just a word right now. God bless you, God bless you. Anyone else, God bless you. Right now, right now, just a word, just a word. Right now, just a word. There's some of you right now that are sitting, but God just gave me a word for you. It's called hope. Some of you have let go of any hope that things could change, but I'm here to tell you there's a word for you. It's called hope. And you're feeling hopeless right now. I want you to stand. God has a word for you. It's called hope. Right where you are, God bless you. God bless you, yes. Hope, I just speak hope to you. Some of you that are battling with sicknesses and you've been dealing with diabetes, you've been dealing with, with, with uh, even leukemia, you've been dealing with back problems and so forth, right where you are, the word to you is healing. Right where you are, stand to your feet if you're battling any of these things right now. Healing, I speak healing. That's not what God had planned for you. It's not his design for your life. I speak healing. Addictions, whatever it might be, right where you are, I speak healing over you. Father, you see every person standing right now. You know what? Another word. I just see success. I see the word success. God is speaking the word of success over some of you right now. You've been battling, struggling to get by, and God's saying now, I want to release the word called success over you. If that's you, stand to your feet right now. Quickly, quickly. God bless you. God bless you. Mm. Yes, Lord. Yes. Commitment. See a word commitment coming up right now. And God's saying that there's some that just need to commit. Commit to your marriage. To go all in with your marriage. To commit. Commit to your job. Commit to that relationship. Commit just to give your best right where you are. If you need your level of commitment to go up, stand to your feet as well as we pray. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. Father, you see every person standing in this house right now. Lift your hands with me. Father, you see every person in this place. And I declare right now, my God, the word. Speak a word. Lord, a word right now. A word. Holy Spirit, sharpen that word to every heart, to every life. That we would recognize, God, this very moment that Jesus truly is perfect theology. And that, God, I will not allow in my life anything Jesus didn't allow in his. That, God, I'll recognize I will fight against the, the complacency of allowing, Lord, sickness, disease, brokenness, Father God, uh, marital strife, those things to step into my life. Why? Because, Lord, you paid the price on the cross of Calvary for freedom in these areas. You gave your life so that I could be free. And so I speak liberty over you. I speak it over your marriage. I speak it over your body. I declare a word of healing over you. I speak success, success over those of you that are battling right now. I speak peace over you that are going through depression. I speak life to you that feel like life has passed you by and you have no hope. I declare now the peace of God over you. I speak now a word and the word is Jesus. I speak Jesus to you right now. Come on, get a hold of God for a moment. I just speak Jesus to you. The answer to every situation, every crisis, every problem is that name above all names, Jesus. Say it with me right now, Jesus. 
Come on, say it with me, Jesus. Jesus. Lord God, we bless your name, Jesus. We speak Jesus right now, my God, to our finances. We speak Jesus, the thoughts of God, towards our marriages. We speak Jesus to our bodies. We speak Jesus right now to our children. We speak Jesus, my God, to our family. We speak Jesus to our community. Jesus, name above all names. Name above all names. Wonderful Savior, glorious Lord. Lord, we worship you right now, God. We worship you. I just speak it over you, a word. I speak a word over you. Receive it right now. Come on, church. Don't get tired right now. Just wait on Jesus. The same way the centurion waited on Jesus, wait on Jesus for a moment. Wait on him right now. Wait on him. Right now, wait on him. Wait on him right now, God. Wait on him. We wait on you, Jesus. We wait on you, God. We wait on you. We wait on you, Jesus. We speak Jesus to you now. I speak Jesus to you now. I declare Jesus to you now. I declare Jesus to you now. I declare Jesus the healer. I declare Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. I declare the bread of life, Jesus, to you right now. You are the word. You are the word, oh God. Everyone stand to your feet with us this morning. Come on. Stand to your feet. Jesus, you are the word. You are the word, God. You are the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. I know God gave me this word for some this morning. That this just isn't a message, but that this is literally a timely word for your condition. For your situation. And God loves you so much that he will go to a town just to meet you. Go out of his way to an area, a region, just to have an encounter with you because he loves you. He's concerned. You know what's so cool about this? Jesus loved the centurion so much that he came to town just to heal his servant so they could meet. I want you to understand. Let me take this a step further right where you are. Lift your hands as I'm saying this. Do you understand that there's some people's healings and miracles that are dependent on you? Some people that are waiting for a breakthrough for you to believe on their behalf. The servant wasn't the one that was healed because of his own faith. He was healed because of the centurion's faith. Centurion said, I'm a man under authority. And if I tell one go, he goes. And to come, he comes. He says, Jesus, I know you have authority. All you have to do is speak the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus has authority over every realm you're battling with right now. Come on, say this with me, Heavenly Father. You have authority over all. The Bible says that Jesus has all authority, which means Satan has none. And you shared that authority with me today. So I ask you, To speak a word over my condition, over my world. You know what I need. Speak a word and change my reality. In Jesus' name, I ask the word to speak a word and transform my condition and the condition of those around me. 
Use my faith. Increase my faith. In Jesus' name. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.